0: I'm Carol Joyce Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 23. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. I wanted to introduce you today to one of the women that has influenced me most of anyone I've ever been under. Her name is Edith Schaefer. And she is one of the three women that has had the biggest impact on my life, and I hope will impact yours as well. She was raised in China uh, by missionary parents who worked for the China Inland Mission. I'm sitting outdoors as I'm talking to you, and don't mind all the noise, but it's such a beautiful day, I just wanted to share the day with you. She was raised in China, as I said, and she had a little uh, Chinese ama nanny, And she and her sisters were very mischievous and very impacted by living in China. And uh, then when she came to the States, she married a young man who had been raised in a very different environment, obviously. He'd been raised in Philadelphia. His parents were not believers. And they were very offended by um, his acceptance of Christ. Sorry, wouldn't you know there are all these trucks going by as I'm talking to you. He um, went to seminary, and while he was in seminary, his sweet new wife, Edith, began to sew leather belts and things for beautiful boutiques and wedding gowns, and she supported them in a very creative way. She was hardworking. She had an amazing amount of energy. And when you read about her life, um, she wrote two books that are kind of autobiographical about their lives and their ministries. The first, which I highly recommend all of you read, is a book called La Brie. L-apostrophe, A-B-R-I. It's a story of how when her husband and she were uh, living in St. Louis, he was pastoring at a church there. They had the opportunity to go to Europe after World War II to try and undermine the liberal theology that was coming primarily out of Germany. And they moved to Europe and started working with children and they wrote a book telling about the things that they taught called everybody can know and it's about the book of Luke and how they taught it there in Switzerland but then adults started coming to them they were, they're very gregarious people outgoing and the lord would bring different people to them and bit by bit they started leading people to Christ to the saving knowledge of him as their personal savior and It became a bit controversial. It was a a canton in Switzerland that didn't approve of Protestants and so they were actually um, booted out of that area in Switzerland which was very traumatic at the time and they moved to another canton and they moved to a hill in Waymos, Switzerland. And she tells more about her story and the background of both of their families in the book, The Tapestry, where she writes a very detailed description of the different weaving that took place, bringing their two families together and their heritages and then all of their children and their grandchildren and now their great-grandchildren. Edith was a creative, artistic woman. And so everything she did, she did with beauty. She didn't do anything halfway. That just wasn't her way of um, functioning. And so the two books that impacted me so much as a young woman who really had never been exposed to this kind of thinking before, this kind of theology, which was the idea that in the Reformation, what the Reformers said is that before, in, early, you know, in the early days of the church, people would segregate their behavior. They would say, well, you know, what I do on Sunday is holy, and what I do the rest of the week is secular. And so um, when the Reformers came along, they said, oh, no, 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 no. Everything that you do is sacred. And everything from the way that you arrange flowers or paint your living room or bathe your baby or read out loud to your children or make a meal, it's all as unto the Lord. Whatever you find your hand doing, you do it with all your heart. So there's a there's a cohesiveness in our lives that I really had never understood before. And so she wrote two books that really explain that in detail the book that um, impacted me probably the most as a young woman was a book called the hidden art of homemaking the hidden art of homemaking ideas for creating beauty in everyday life and i want to read you just a couple of very brief things that she said in it one chapter is on interior decoration i know you're thinking how how spiritual could that be but this is what she says She says, It seems to me that whether it's recognized or not, there is a terrific frustration which increases in intensity and harmfulness as time goes on when people are always daydreaming of the kind of place in which they would like to live, yet never making the place where they do live into anything artistically satisfying to them. Always to dream of a cottage by a brook, while never doing anything original to the stuffy boarding house room in a city always to dream of a rock, glass, and timber house on the cliffs above the sea while never putting anything of yourself into the small village brick house, or to dream of what you could do with a hut in the jungle, yet never to think of your inherited family mansion as anything but a place to mark time, is to waste creativity in this very basic area and to hinder future creativity by not allowing it to grow and develop through use. Trying out all the ideas that come to you within the limits of your present place, money, talents, materials, and so forth will not use up everything you want to say for the future, but will rather generate and develop more ideas. So why not surround yourself now with things that communicate something of your appreciation, your taste, and your interests? Express yourself not only in selecting things to buy, not only in your choice from things displayed in a store, but what you can produce yourself with some degree of originality, craftsmanship, or artistic creativity. There's great satisfaction in making something out of nothing. And then she talks about food and how, of course, important and central that is to our lives. And she says that cooking is an art. It's a hidden art, if you want to call it so. It should be recognized and then developed in everyone who has to cook, wants to cook, or could cook. Cooking should not be thought of as a drudgery, but as an art. Talent in this art form differs, of course, and would not be identical in each individual, but that's not the same thing as not recognizing it as an art form and not attempting to develop it. And so she talks about reading in the home. She talks about um, being creative because God is the original creator. She talks about being creative in your recreation bringing drama into your home, writing and prose and poetry, floral arrangements and gardening and the beauty in that. And so everything that we do instead of, oh, another day of picking up the same messes and doing the same dishes that I do every day and changing the same dirty diapers, but bringing that eternal consequence and and seeing it as an extension of our creativity and as an art form instead of something that we just do out of drudgery and then someday we'll get to be creative when it's all over. What a loss, what a what a lack that would be. And then she wrote a book called What is a family? What is a family? And I'll just read you the table of contents for this book because I think it's so significant. It says, um, first chapter, a changing life mobile. Second, an ecologically balanced environment. The birthplace of creativity. A formation center for human relationships. My favorite, a shelter in the time of storm. A perpetual relay of truth. A museum of memories, a door that has hinges, and a lock. So what she says in this book that is so significant is that the family is a unit and there are many many aspects of that family and to take it very seriously, to be creative, to put thought into how your family runs and operates, And again, getting God's vision on the family. And she's so balanced and so wise. And the things that she says, maybe you were not taught, I certainly was not. And it's so valuable to have an older, wiser person who's gone before us, who can mentor us even through her writings. She also wrote a book called Common Sense Christian Living. That was a film series that uh, was very popular and very well done. And then she wrote a book called Affliction on suffering after her beloved husband died of cancer and how the Lord used the idea of affliction to draw her closer and how it can draw us closer that um, the Lord doesn't promise, you know, our lives are going to be just a big tea party in the sky, but that how can we really find his presence? How can we meet him in the hard things as well as the? joyful and delightful things. Do you have questions about homeschooling? Maybe you're wondering what a typical day looks like, or how to meet your child's need for socialization. With so many different options, how do you find an approach that fits your family like a glove? For more than three decades, I've helped families implement my research-based method in their homes with great success. For the first time ever, I've put all my basic resources in a topic-based online class called All About Homeschool. All About Homeschool provides the framework you need to educate your children simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. This class teaches everything you need to know. You'll learn how to take a literature-based approach, begin with the end in mind, and use nutrition to help children thrive in all aspects of their lives. You can return to this comprehensive resource again and again, as it speaks to every step of your homeschooling journey. To learn more, visit my website by clicking the link in this episode's show notes, where you'll find everything you need to start learning today. Now, back to the show. Uh, her her son in law, Yudo Middleman, uh, wrote about her at, at her death, and I just thought it was such a beautiful testimony of a woman who was in ministry her entire, really, married life and how she brought creativity and beauty and the power of the Schaefer's influence in the generations. If you've been to my seminars, you know that my curriculum is based on a book that her husband wrote called, um, my mind is going blank here, How Should We Then Live? How Should We Then Live? And there's a video series that you can find for free, I believe on YouTube, that was done in conjunction with the book. And it shows Dr. Schaefer all over Europe standing on scaffolding in front of the statue of the David by Michelangelo, or in the Sistine Chapel up, uh, uh, up in the heavens as he's pointing out the different things and kind of the, the philosophy behind the Sistine Chapel and where it kind of falls short theologically. And so they did this film series on Western civilization, and it is the basis of what I teach you to teach your children. And then some other women that lived at Labrie and were workers there with the Shafers were Jane Stewart Smith and Betty Carlson. And those names might be familiar because I tell you all to purchase a book called The Gift of Music. And they were professional musicians, opera singers and that type of thing. And they came and lived at Brie. They met the Lord at Brie, And they bought a chalet there of their own. And again, working with the people who were having theological questions with the artists, the creatives, the musicians that wanted to know how does Christianity affect me as a creative person, a person of the arts, And then a third book that I always recommend to you is a book called Invitation to the Classics. Invitation to the Classics. And that book was written by As Guinness, who is another young man who came to Brie and studied there and lived there as a worker and was a student first and then a worker later. And he, again, is one of the great minds of Christianity today. And again, all these people influenced by Edith and her beloved husband, Francis, And their impact has never ended. They impacted Chuck Colson's life as he started prison ministry that has gone internationally. And So many people, as you trace back their theological roots, you will find the Shafers and their impact and how that kind of bled into so many leaders today in the church my son and daughter-in-law were so impacted by the Schaeffers that they actually named one of their sons Schaefer in his honor in Francis Schaefer's honor so um, I wanted to read to you what one of their son-in-laws as I said Udo said when his mother-in-law Edith went to be with the Lord she lived to be 98 years old she lived in Switzerland the last 13 years of her life. She had moved to Rochester, Minnesota, because there are labris all over the world. Different people have gone forth that have worked in Switzerland and have set up labris in Europe, and um, there's one in Minnesota. And so Edith and Frances had moved to be near uh, the clinic there in Rochester, and after Dr. Schaefer died, edith remained there until she became too ill too infirm and then she moved back to switzerland to be near susan and her son-in-law ranald but this is what he says she died in switzerland surrounded by memories her music her son's paintings and detailed care she was the third daughter of george and jesse seville who ran a school for girls in wenzhou china and taught the bible in mandarin she grew up in china she married Francis August Schaefer in 1935, and she was never the wife of a pastor. The never, I'm sorry, never the typical wife of a pastor or missionary. She worked with her husband as he wanted her to, he says, teaching seminary wives and others to question, create, and make of life something with integrity. He says she painted a fresco in the vestibule of the church her husband pastored in Grove City, Pennsylvania. They lectured together and urged people to understand what they believed and to analyze the surrounding intellectual and cultural ideas. They taught in churches and university halls from Finland to Portugal that Christianity is the truth of the universe. She lived her life as a work of art, a portrait of true significance and a stunning and creative personality. She showed that God makes human beings for the enrichment of others' lives. With her husband, she engaged in this work right from the start of their life together, and in 1955, founded Labri. She wrote 17 books One of which I should mention to you, by the way, a little footnote, is Christianity is Jewish. Christianity is Jewish. And what a great, it's a thumbnail sketch of the entire Bible. And it's such a valuable resource. She would meet people everywhere that she would go, and Udo, her son-in-law, talks about this. She says she always wanted to make available to a wide audience her husbands and her ideas. She found and enjoyed interesting people anywhere and easily engaged them in conversation in the street, in planes, and over the phone. She stayed up nights to help someone out of their distress or need. She served imaginative meals and decorated the table with twigs and moss and field flowers. He talks about her uh, relationship with a lot of musicians, and she wrote a book called Forever Music. Uh, she met Steinway's chief piano voicer and became very close friends, and through him, musicians like Rostropovich and Vladimir Horovitz, Horowitz and Yo-Yo Ma and Christopher Parkening. She met B.B. King at a jazz festival and he gave her his pass to the evening's concert. On the island of Elba, Sonny Rollins noticed her rhythm as she danced during his concert. He came off the stage and danced with her. On March 30th, she slipped into the nearer presence of Jesus from whom she awaits the promised resurrection to continue her life on earth and to dance once again with a body restored to wholeness. I cannot recommend Edith Schaeffer's writings to you enough. If you have not read them, please do. And if you haven't read them for a while, read them again. They really stand up to being read over over and over again, like hearing a beautiful melody, stands up to being repeated. Thanks for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, CarolJoySide. Dot com to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings!